0: This
1: is the Blended Creole podcast, where we discuss two lives:
0: Southern and Haitian roots.
1: Join us as we talk about family, investing, and seeing the world,
0: while learning about how we tackled blending our lives—from
1: our finances and redefining our relationship with debt
0: to our Insta family.
1: Welcome to the Blended Creole podcast. I'm Jay,
0: and I'm Liz. Welcome to the Blended Creole Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Jay. And this is episode seven. And in this episode, we're going to talk about real estate investing. Our baby. Yeah, our primary uh, focus as far as building generational wealth. Um, But in this episode, we plan to discuss why are we investing in real estate? How are we investing in real estate? What are our goals in terms of real estate? And what are some of the lessons that we've learned so far? So, Jay, how about we kick off by talking about um, we both were kind of dabbling in real estate before uh, we met each other and before we reconnected. So, like, what were some of your aspirations before we reconnected in terms of real estate?
1: Before we reconnected, um, the aspiration, the main goal was to um, accumulate as much um, rental property income as possible um, passive income as possible uh, with get with getting uh, multiple properties whether they be um single family properties uh multi-family properties just accumulate just accumulating properties there was no real it was a strategy um but it wasn't a focused strategy it was the first good deal you see you should go ahead and purchase snatch by any and <laughs> snatch it up by any means whether um however you however you plan on fund it, whether you take a 401k loan take loans. a personal loan take a student loan <laughs> <laughs> use your student loan to, <laughs> to to purchase that home so um she says student loan because my first house i bought when i was 21 years old while i was in in college um it was a condo unit while i was in college and that that was making um four hundred dollars uh an additional 400, four hundred four to five hundred dollars a month um and that kind of started the real estate the real estate bug i remember um a good friend of mine, um, a, more like a brother to me, was, you know, we we were in, on campus and we, we bought, we split the Carlton Sheets. Um, I don't know if anybody ever sees Carlton Sheets. It was infomercials that was on real late at night. And they would, um, he would come up and sh- and tell you, his advertisement was, he can show you how to buy real estate with with, with no money down. Ah, okay. And, you know, we, we bought that, we, we split the cost on that program. Um, and that friend right now is a is a is a realtor and he's doing re- really well and um so i'm sure he learned some from from that situation. and it was actually a, it was a good program i mean um it was a good program for those that didn't know anything about um real estate investing so once we once we bought that program um we you know, we tried, we tried our hand in real estate and we, we, we never unfortunately partnered with anything, but he did end up selling one of my properties in New Jersey for me and he made a, a nice little profit off that. But yeah, that's the aspirations beforehand was simply purchase real estate anywhere, I, anywhere I could uh, and where I, I could, could, um, and just get as much as, as many as possible. The max that I've had altogether was about six properties altogether in two different States. So, um, or well, six six to seven doors all together in, in two different states so um that, that was it it was just gather as much as possible and make as much pass- passive income as, as possible from real estate Nice. how about you
0: um i think initially um i was more so focused on trying to create a dual income just because in the dc metro area a dual income is important um and so i had a property my first home that i purchased Um, And it was a foreclosure uh, that I actually ended up selling for a really good profit. Um, But I think my initial plan before I reconnected with Jay was to actually buy a vacation home. I really wanted to and was looking at, you know dreaming of vacation and retiring already
1: she loves the water people
0: (laughs) so i was actually looking at belize because i've come across a couple of people who had already started essentially investing in their retirement home um and i was super interested because of the retirement benefits in belize um and that my intentions during my last tour before i reconnected with jay was to purchase a property that i would essentially use as a vacation rental and then Once I retired, uh, head on down that way and hopefully remodel and move into that home. But through the years, would have been able to enjoy it um, while also making some passive income as a um, vacation rental. But that clearly changed. Jay's not into vacation rentals. We have probably a new thought on retirement and retirement homes and well, more don't specific, say it changed. It
1: wasn't my fault that it changed. It just changed. I don't, I don't think it's why my, do you why do you say it like that? I wanted to come I mean, off like I, <laughs> made, I made you change. You your didn't retirement. make me change it. But I'm we saying. Oh gosh,
0: <laughs> we wised up though. Like seriously, when it comes to the vacation rental area, I think we're not into short term rentals at this point. um you know, Jay has a family home with his family and, you know, that is one of those things where, you know, it takes a lot of work. Um, You definitely have to be up on your advertising. You got to make sure your property is well kept to keep up with the market, um, along with a slew of other things that go into those short term rentals that I think we have realized that why invest in one property when we're at that age of retirement where we could just rent somebody else's house and travel the world and hopefully live that way, and um, F- F- when we're blessed uh, at that point in our lives. Um, so at this point, I think our goal is really, and our aspirations, continues to be having that passive income. Correct, yes. Um. But also a real focus on generational wealth. I think that's something that we're both into. We understand the value of that now that I don't think that's something that's often talked about in the black community. Um, how do you sustain and create generational wealth that it goes beyond our, goes beyond seeing our kids, but their kids and theirs, you know, our great, great grandkids. How can we create some sort of, wealth that, you know, helps take care of college um, and things along those lines. So, it's just
1: setting setting your family up or setting your family up um, to a point where they don't have to worry about certain things, um, certain roadblocks that just seem to hinder a lot of people. Um, student loan student debt. Student loan debt. Um, just things that, you know, would would kind of put a, a pause on um, life goals that they would want to achieve, like buying a house after they get out of college or getting married or um, starting a business after college.
0: Um, yeah, it's a huge leg up to walk out of college with no debt compared to trying to figure out already after you graduate, you have to take a certain job because you need to make a certain amount of money because, you know, those loan companies are going to be knocking at your door looking for their monthly payment. Um,
1: the the worst feeling is having to make a decision um, based off the money
0: amount of money that you don't have or you don't
1: have access to. And having to either take a job that you don't want, or um, be forced into a situation that you know you really you're you're kind of stuck and you just have to stay there for however the amount of time, and you're doing doing something that just doesn't make you happy. So setting setting your 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 family up to be able to to not fall into that trap, um, it would would definitely be it'd be a blessing, and is the reason why we why we do things like this, have these conversations, and um also invest invest the way we invest right because um, we can't we can't leave with it so
0: yeah that's right you can't leave with it so you know you might as well help set up your future generations um so let's discuss our real estate investing strategy so we primarily focus on buy and hold you want to talk about that
1: uh our buy and hold set strategy is we essentially use the the burr method it's the method we've been utilizing for the past three properties no, not really. Right. No, 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 not, not, <laughs> we haven't used a burn method. We've, we've bought um, properties that either, um, have section eight tenants in them already. So, you, you know, our strategy is just simply to, um, purchase that property say 25% down or 20% down. And you know, th- that property starts to, to provide a, a income immediately. Correct. Um, that one property that we, one property that, that I'm thinking about is, um, I won't give the address, but if it, it was generating uh, twelve hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. and um we bought it for 75000 thousand?
0: Seventy five. And the tenant had been a long term Section Eight tenant. So they'd lived in the property at least three to four years, Correct. if I'm not mistaken. And they
1: had a two year lease, um a, a new two year lease once we had once just purchased signed it. it. So twelve hundred dollars a month the property was was generating. Um after we paid our closing costs and our mortgage was Uh, roughly $500 Um, minus our property management fees. We were netting um, roughly six, 600 to $700 a month on that property. So, yeah, that's just an example of one of the recent purchases we made. And we made that purchase during the pandemic. Um, Another one we, we purchased was a a, a little less money. Um, But but again, there was a tenant in that property, a paying tenant in that property. That tenant was in section eight. It was worth market rent. And uh, we paid, Roughly around sixty five thousand for that property. Same thing we put 20 percent down, 20 percent down. Um, and you know, we were generating roughly five
0: hundred dollars a month from from that property.
1: So just making an additional uh dollars Three eighty two that's for
0: three eighty two for that one. And when you calculate this, um, it, it normally, yeah, it seems like it's right around there and you'll hear um tune in next week to our next podcast episode about why we're changing our real estate strategy. Um, but essentially after we pay the property management fee, that one was bringing in around $3, 380 so close to $400 a month, which isn't bad. Um, but as you guys can hear, we are not a fan of the amount of debt that we've accumulated. So, um, you know, one of the things that we haven't focused so much on but the renovation that we just completed is going to be a flip um our intention initially was to keep that one as a buy and hold but the market is lending itself to offloading properties at this point um and as we're you know starting our life together really having more time to get more in depth with our finances we think we have a better strategy um for our real estate investing and our financial um stability. So what we're doing, um, now is really, we're still going to focus on investing in Baltimore. So that's the primary area that we focus on. Um, and one reason why we really like the Baltimore area is because it's close to DC, so we can get up to our properties quickly. Um, It also, the market is extremely uh, investor-friendly. So there's a lot of people who prefer to rent. Um, There's a a decent number of people using subsidized housing, so on Section 8.
1: Baltimore is sort of like a perfect storm, right? Um, Yeah. A lot of people that need uh, good housing, um, not a lot of good housing available, and a lot of... of Available properties that need to be rehabbed, So That's essentially the perfect perfect formula for um, an investor And you know you you'll see individuals that are investing in Baltimore market They'll tell people now. It's one of the third highest gentrified cities in the United States Um, so, you know that market is prime for um, For somebody to come in and and make make a lot of money and the name of the game in real estate is usually to accumulate a lot of properties right, you know we we said some of the numbers, uh, five hundred dollars here, six hundred dollars here, three hundred or four hundred dollars here, but you know if you get seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve those properties, and each of those properties making that that amount of return um, every month, that's a sizable amount of income some income in, to you um, every month, and you know you could do a lot with that money. So, um, but again, Liz was saying that the reason why we decided to change the strategy is because, and this strategy is 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 frowned upon to some so to most uh investors um but purchasing cash for our properties um with the with the baltimore city market and the the prices that we can go into the property with, and and with our income as well right we can go ahead and and purchase cash for those properties so that one property instead of making um the example that i used earlier million making 500 600 a month um you can take that whole twelve hundred dollars
0: section eight payment and pay your property management fee of like 120 dollars $100 and still and make your 1, pocketing. 1, 000, still make a thousand dollars a month.
1: With the headache of with the headache of no of no debt. No debt. So that is that is completely gone. You know the house is yours. It's debt free. So you have number one, instant equity um of the house being worth seventy five to eighty five, then well for 95,000 apparently because <laughs> we just uh, sold that house so it's 95,000 yeah $95,000 that's instant equity you're still making $1,200 a month and you know and you have no debt over your head now what do we sacrifice for this um, you, it takes longer to do this right it takes right. longer to save $75,000 to put 75000 plus closing costs so let's say $85,000 to save that amount of money and purchase the house outright instead you know you can save up one-fourth of that and you know have the house and and you make less profits. profit so um
0: and it's frowned upon because you know the tax incentives that you have when you're carrying mortgages and i think the reality for us is look you're gonna pay taxes one way or another that you know if we own seven properties that are bringing in a a thousand plus dollars between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars a month we can afford to save for whatever tax hit we're gonna get and just get it over with. I think there's just a different level of freedom that exists when you don't owe anybody anything. Absolutely. Um and I think we are really we're drawn to that lifestyle. I think it just it just seems to make sense. Um and to be able to build the way that we wanna build, I think, you know, it's it's just better not to carry as much debt. As we were heading down that road, um,
1: and the analysis has to be done with with the internal analysis has to be done right. How do you feel carrying that amount of debt? Right, um, Liz will tell you, and she has told you on different podcasts. <laughs> you know how I would um, how my mood would change when I would um, look at the amount of debt that we had. Um, are we? You know, it, it would, my mood would change when we when I told when we talk about the debt and when I constantly look at it and evaluate how much we how much we have to pay. Versus when, vice versa, when you know we had nothing to pay, right? And um, the the mood is different, the spirit is different. So, and some um,
0: people sleep well at night with the debt, like you know, if you and I think that's some something, right? Some people have enough money saved up where whatever they owe in debt, they can pay cash and pay it off, and it's not that big of a deal. And technically, I guess with when you look at our um, net worth, equity position, and, yeah. We could do the same thing, but for us, like, who wants to pull money out of your retirement account or borrow money from other places to pay off debt because you have a tenant who, you know, especially in this pandemic, hasn't been able to pay for a few months or maybe they haven't been able to pay for a year and i think maybe the pandemic also has really been eye-opening we've been blessed all of our tenants have been able to pay um but you hear it on podcasts where people are stressed i mean especially if at this point you can't evict them and all the things that you would normally be able to do you know it's it can be trying times um
1: i think the pandemic and us combining our finances brought that because um, I could vividly remember uh, almost a year ago, not even not even a year ago, telling a friend of friends of ours that, you know, I'm not selling any more real estate. I'm not selling <laughs> any more. So, I mean, up until recently, I, my the goal was to continuously purchase real estate. Yeah. Um, and from a debt position, um, even though it would be from a 75% or 80% leverage position, it still would be purchasing real estate and just accumulate, accumulate, accumulate from in a, and it could have easily been, that $500,000 could have easily been um, a million or, or $1.5 million. And in, in, it would have been real estate debt. And, you know, the way we purchased, thankfully, you know, we had equity positions in, in all our properties. But it takes one pandemic. It takes uh, one market crash and like we experienced uh, a few years one ago. One
0: life experience. What if one of us, you know, unfortunately wasn't able to work? I mean, there's so many what ifs that. I think you just take a lot of that off the table when you go to just a debt-free lifestyle. Yeah,
1: and we, with the individuals that we've spoken to that are living a debt-free lifestyle, you some know, of the happiest people in oh the world. My gosh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> they they will they will sing the praises of of, be, of living a debt-free lifestyle, and we hear it um, even through other podcasts that we that we listen to, and people who doing their debt, what we call it a, a debt-free scream and just. Um, getting rid of all their debt and not having a single payment in the world. So, you know, we want to get to that point and, you know, we're we're slowly getting there.
0: And I think ultimately, too, so um, some of the things that you hear about with real estate investing includes uh, the strategy of the multi-units versus single-family homes. Um, So essentially, you know, if you brought a duplex That would bring in, you know, $1,200 plus dollars. It's better than a single family home that brings in the same amount because, you know, hey, if you have one less tenant in that duplex, you're still bringing in some amount of money. And so for us, we did look at that strategy, um, especially because there are other areas outside of the East Coast, the Midwest, down South, where you can find those multi-units. Um, I think the issue that we found uh, for us was that um, we're comfortable with purchasing in a city that we can get to. um, And I think... We have an established management company that we work with in Baltimore. We, you know, we've built a team here. And so I think for us, it just makes sense to stay here. And plus the price point in Baltimore is so low. So all of the properties we've purchased are under 100,000 that, you know, yes, you could have multiple doors and a multi-unit, but none of the properties in the Midwest were Essentially, a hundred thousand or less for a duplex and things like that um, yeah, we, that we were interested in.
1: We almost went to all the way to Cleveland, no, Cleveland, Cleveland, in, <laughs> in, in Ohio um, to look to look at multifamilies. Or so from uh, Cleveland to Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, um, and a bunch of different areas to look at multifamilies. And again, um, we didn't, we never just jump right into it. We you know, we always do the math. We 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 focus on the math, and you know, the math essentially leads us. And as Liz said, you know it's it's just beneficial to you know it wasn't worth it to to go out of state where we don't have our our um system in place of a property manager or individuals that we trust to be able to f- uh, fix whatever issues that may come up in one of those properties. And it's more riskier, you know. We can't we can't just we can't just drive a couple of. You know an hour or two hours to to those properties you have to fly you have to yeah you have to set that up so you know it, it would have or been buy
0: blindly i mean not blind in this day and age because you can't have someone walk through but it's nothing like getting your own eyes in person because Correct. pictures can be deceiving absolutely
1: um I mean, who's know been that in the airbnb <laughs> that is not <laughs> quite like the airbnb <laughs> that you saw we on have the pictures a, we have experienced that um so at the end of the day, we decided to, to focus on um, single families in in our Baltimore area. I, again, the, investing in multifamily is not out of the question. though. it's no. something that you know we may want to. We, we a strategy we may want to broach. Um, and if on, one came up forward. in Baltimore,
0: we would. The issue is that the ones in Baltimore right now are are outside <laughs> of the price point that we want to. And a few and far between. You just not
1: that many you can get. Um, so,
0: so that's kind of. Um, how we're investing in real estate and so uh what is our initial real estate goal
1: our initial goal (laughs) looks at me our initial goal was ten thousand dollars a month in passive income and that is net that is not you know that's after property management fees that is ten thousand dollars a month coming in strictly from real estate and not to include um, any other investments that we have any other income that we have whether it be salary or any other income um, that is strictly real estate uh, it's real estate so um, right now and
0: we have friends who ask us when is enough enough I don't think we have an Never. answer for that <laughs> oh my gosh no, don't sound no. <laughs> like that no. um I think the reality is look if we had 10k passive income I think for both of us one of the biggest things like look I love the work that I do um, I would like the freedom just to be able to be like nah I don't want to take that job or yes I do want to take that job and no it doesn't make as much money as I'd hoped. Um, but who cares? Because we have ten K coming in from somewhere else and we're not dependent on it. But also once we get to the place of retirement, who cares about our retirement, you know, our four oh one K or, you know, for government workers, it's our thrift savings plan and, and
1: who cares doesn't mean don't invest in it. It just means Yeah, yeah, we're know, still investing it in it. <laughs> it but doesn't does mean we're not touching we're not worried about if a market crash or and we're not touching it.
0: Yeah, we don't have to focus so much on that. And, and I will tell you, that's another thing I've seen in the pandemic. People who were ready to retire and leave, then all of a sudden, I mean, the market started to act real funky when mm-hmm. this pandemic kicked off. And it dipped low, and people who thought they were able to retire, some people had to stay on longer to do work. And I don't want to be in a position where the market that my uh, retirement account is tied to, is dictating whether or not I could leave my job. Um, So I think that's, again, that freedom to have the flexibility, to have more of a say-so in what we're doing with our lives and at what point we want to do it is really important. Um, And so I guess Jay's kind of gave me the look about the initial goal, because I think initially his goal was 10K and Jay sounded really fine at 10K and to keep it moving. Um
1: somebody wanted to up the ante and, and I, go to twenty is is twenty K the goal. First
0: of all, I know who I married. Oh gosh. Jay's not going to sit still at 10K. It is gonna be something new and you know, there's gonna be another goal. So I just already had I went ahead and already set the next goal of let's get another 10K. Um and this in 10, addition to the
1: 10K, so that's twenty K a month.
0: But see that 20k in my mind is for being able to be generous. I would like to be able to give, start scholarships, give, uh, you know, do things with family where you know we can cover expenses, and you know now we're not worried about oh this is a 10k that we had set aside for our household. Um, you know I think look at the end of the day I mean. We're going to see where life takes us. But I think it's important to have goals and to remain focused. And the reality is, is look, you know, the the first 10K, it's never going to be easy. But once it starts coming in and we start saving it, it gets to a point like even now we say, okay, what would you do with all that money? You're going to save it. You're going to invest it in certain places. Um, every now and then you may splurge. But there's really. There's it's not, not
1: that much splurging in the world. Right? No, you know, there's but not. If it's coming in every month, that's one month yeah two even two months two months maybe. here or there three months here, stretching it but hey yeah you get, you get away with it but
0: there's not that much designer clothes out there not that many vacations and things like that that i think for us it really is that's the part of building that generational wealth but also a part of creating a legacy so if you create a scholarship in the name of your kids or in the name of your husband um things like that you know you are now turning that generational wealth into a legacy that's going to live on somewhere else, um, that you hope your kids continue to honor, um, and your great grandkids continue to honor, um, from the work, the hard work that you put in. Um, and so that's something that I definitely feel like the first 10K is to establish our household and the next 10K is, you know, to be able to be generous and give. Um, and I think at least to me, I'm excited about that. That's really exciting. Um,
1: it's always fun to do to do good stuff for others. It really is. I mean, it's a it's definitely a blessing, and you know, and the blessings come tenfold when you when you're able to do do those type of things. Um, you never want to be in a situation where you're doing it in a hindrance or right. to the detriment of your family. But you know, if you've been blessed enough to be put in a position to be able to, to help somebody else, I think that's I think you should
0: definitely. Um so what are some of the lessons we've learned to date about oh, real man. estate events? <laughs> mm. yeah <yay. laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> i think the, the the decision ma the decision making uh lesson um never too hasty um and never you know just be decisive and 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 follow the numbers and do the research and taking a tactical pause before um you make a decision so have um, patience yeah evaluating all your all or, or your um re- evaluating all aspects of of a of a deal or e- evaluating all aspects of your current situation um you know one thing that comes to mind and i've said it multiple times is uh selling that multi-family property um yes i bring it up because it still stings <laughs> but um yeah selling that in in a really good areas too and trusting yourself like you know we've been we've purchased together probably
0: almost close to 10, close properties to 10, 10 properties. This
1: at this, yeah. Close to 10 properties. We're pretty safe to say that, you know, we have a process and we, we should be, we should be confident in what we're doing. Um, so that, that's a lesson that, that I definitely learned that. Um, and, and you become more emboldened even talking to, to realtors or talking to other investors. And because you become more confident,
0: you know what you're talking about because, yeah. you know,
1: we've been involved in it for, for so long. Not saying we know every detail or the ins and
0: outs. You always learn something new.
1: But, um, you know, the more you do it, the more confident you get in in how you answer and how you speak about uh, real estate investing.
0: Um, how about you? I would say communication. So, whoever you're dealing with in terms of contracts, um, in terms of renovations, make sure you are able to communicate well with them. Um, and I would say that extends to like um, go with your gut. So I think for the renovation that we just completed, um, we definitely took the method. I think a lot of people, you're hesitant to bring a bunch of contractors in to look at a job because, oh, you're going to go talk to one, you know, definitely get multiple people to bid on your projects. Um, but also, when you're going through the process, the cheapest person may not always be the best person. Absolutely, You need to talk to whoever your primary contact's going to be. If they're too busy to send who your primary contact is, you know, it may not be, especially for smaller renovations, that may not be who you want to go with. Um, for this last renovation, we definitely went with people who were probably uh they weren't the cheapest but they weren't the most expensive actually i think our plumber was the most expensive yeah I think he, he was, was the most but, but he was the best he plumber. was <laughs> worth every dime so this was someone who um does this for a living full-time um and essentially you know dropped so much wisdom that it was whatever his price was above the lowest uh competitor like we got our more than our money's worth because we learned so much um he knew from him
1: he knew the ins and out of the city he um he picked up his phone i mean that's
0: (laughs) oh we both can tell you we have dealt with contractors who we've had to have someone come back in and do work because there's some people out there who are just like literally Throwing stuff up, not taking the right precautions, or doing things right the first time—that someone is having to go in and correct their work. Um, and these are licensed contractors, so you think you've done all the research, um, and they weren't cheap.
1: Not at all. And you know, the, when we when I when, when I when I first started, I thought my initial um, roadblock uh, or road, my initial roadblock would be finding money um, to purchase properties. Right. That's <laughs> you know, that's that was just my thinking going into it. Like, oh, that's gonna be it's gonna be uh gonna be difficult. Um, how where you gonna get that type of money from to start? Um, or you already have a couple of houses? How are you gonna finance it? That's the least of your that worries. was the least of the worries. Um, you know, once if you get your credit at a certain to a certain point and you keep your your bills to a certain point, um, you know, financing is is not 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 as much of a of a challenge um, as finding the right people to do business with. Right. Um that's contractors that's real estate agents yes Um, the whole gamut of the the real estate process finding the right people to do business with and
0: and for the right project that's something i think we just learned right so we we found a really great company to work with for auction properties to buy auction properties as well as to sell auction properties and we decided hey they also sell real estate um, traditional real estate. Yeah, we t- Yeah, licensed real t- We would like to see. Oh, how is this gonna go with them? And not that we have super major regrets about it, but I think we we wouldn't probably list with them again. Yeah, they're, um, they're
1: good at the auction process. Like yes. they're, they're actually they're phenomenal at the auction phenomenal. process. They're, and that's the lane we need to keep them in. Um, right. And again, we have other real estate agents that that just do that just buy and sell that you know that sell property that's you know stick them in that lane we wouldn't, we wouldn't go to those agents to try to get an auction property um we would go to the, the individuals we're using now so
0: and you uh, definitely i think you have to try you have to try and figure out what works because ideally you would like to put money and deal with i guess less people if you can but sometimes that's not possible right so if they had been phenomenal at selling traditional real estate then we would know from no matter what our portfolio was that we could work with them um but now we see eh, Nah, we're probably gonna list with someone else next time. But real estate, just like a lot of businesses, it's trial and error. Um, and what works for one group may not work for you. Absolutely. So even though we discuss how we're, you know, investing in real estate, so we're buying and holding and we're not flipping, flipping may be for certain people depending on what your goals are. For us, it's not something that we're interested in because we have a specific goal of the passive income. But if you're looking for, let's say, um, a flip that then you can then take that money and invest in a different type of business or something else flipping, may be something for you. Um, but for us, it's definitely just, you know, you know, it makes more sense for us based upon our goals.
1: And back to going with our gut, I know, um, the way we found our contractor, you know, he, you know we had multiple people coming into the property to, to to take a look at it and the property was a mess as you've seen on uh, some of our instagram photos um it was an initial mess and he came in and you know we just noticed that he was just this he was the type of guy that if something needed to be done he would just do it he wouldn't ask questions so one of the stairs was just completely falling i mean it was, it was completely gone <laughs> and you know, we're, we're walking around and we're telling them what, you know, he, we're, he's evaluating the, the house and telling them exactly what we need done. And, you know, we had to go through the back door to get to the basement because the stairs, the stairs were dilapidated. They You know, they couldn't function properly. Somebody would get hurt. You know, he finds a two by four, um, a <laughs> large two by four and, and fix the stairs in order to allow people to walk downstairs from the first floor to the basement. Before or we even before hired him. Before we hired him. Like we didn't ask him to do anything. It was just... You know, he was there. He saw the things that he saw it needed to be done, and he just did it. And, you know, we looked at each other and said, you know what? We care about what he, the quote that he comes in. Well, you don't want him to be ridiculous, and we're not going to pay a, a, an exorbitant amount of money. But, you know, this is the type of person we want on the property, because, number one, we we can't be there. I was still um, going back and forth from the Midwest. Um, Liz was working. So, you know, we, we're not going to have we're not going to be on ground every day. And we need to be able to trust this person. So if something goes wrong, they're going to fix it, fix it the right way. He wouldn't take money. Yeah, that's another thing. He wouldn't initially,
0: take. he would not take money until after he finished the job, which is typically, I would say, almost unheard of. Most people want to deposit up front. But he was like, no, once the work is done, then you pay me. So he wouldn't take the money up front, which you know, I was just like, oh, okay. So this is a little different. He's going to come in here. Um, and he was great at communicating that's what right. he needed, Um, he was the first one, even if there was an issue, right? So we thought we were doing a really great job buying from Lowe's because we got a military discount. Um, And then he, you know, broke down like, hey, um, this other uh, hardware store is closer to the house. You can get a discount there. Um, The miles that I'm putting going back and forth to Lowe's, it just is taking away from getting the job done. So why don't you guys purchase from here? And so... It turned out to be just around the same amount we were able to get a um, and some
1: things a little less actually yeah
0: yeah and so I think it's things like that that someone isn't just gonna be like okay fine you want to go buy stuff from Lowe's then I'll go with you um, and do that and so I think for us through that whole renovation process being able to meet and build a team of people that we do trust um, for future renovations has been you know well worth the time and effort that it took for that particular project.
1: Yeah even him going to the, to the store and um, you know making purchases over the phone. you know you trust that he's buying the right material. he's not buying material for his other <laughs> projects that he's working on um, just very for his cl- house. It's very clear and like you know, again, you know it, it may sound like a joke, but picking up the phone. I mean you'd be surprised how many contractors you know after they have your money just don't pick up the phone. Um, Or have they have initial, a little bit of your money? Just don't pick up the phone when you have questions. Or they're
0: working on so many different projects, right? So you get some contractors who, you know, look, understanding that contracting, um, you have to make money and take on multiple projects. um, But you find a lot of contractors who probably bite off more than they can chew, um, which can be frustrating as a person trying to move along a project. But I mean, we finished a renovation for a, a house in pretty bad, yeah, dire condition Very bad. <laughs> uh, in six months. Um, yeah, five months before, yeah. Yeah, six months, yeah, about so. five, six months. And so I think that's the, the biggest thing for us is that he wasn't juggling a ton of different projects. And if he was, he made sure that he had a team of people in the house set up to do what they needed to do. Um, and we were always comfortable with that. There was never like any miscommunication along those lines. Absolutely. Um, But definitely, if you're interested in real estate investing, do your research. There's tons of podcasts, tons of resources out there. Um, Read and absorb as much as you can. Um, Understand the market you wanna invest in and understand basically, A, what your goal is with real estate investing, um, what you hope to accomplish, um, be realistic about the market you want to invest in. I mean, if you live in an expensive area like we do, investing here does not make sense. Like, Absolutely. You know, you're not going to buy a, a half a million dollar house hoping to. And make <laughs>
1: And make any type of profit. Um, yeah, that that would be considered an equity play if you did decide to do that. Just hoping that the market
0: will go up in that area.
1: And again, re- real estate. All in all, is a risky business. Um, it
0: is. But people always need houses. And I think that's one of the reasons why we definitely invest in it. Everyone needs a home. Absolutely. I and there's just people who don't like to buy.
1: We think it's a great investment. Um, it's a great avenue for us to, to build our wealth. And, um, you know, we advocate for it, but it's not for everybody and it's not for the weak at heart. Um, you <laughs> can lose money with real estate. I mean, there's um, it's nothing that's guaranteed. I know a lot of the um, Instagram posts or um, a lot of the big uh, heavy hitter investors would tell you that, you know, everybody needs to get into real estate, but it's not for everybody. No. Um, and, and the type of your strategy may not be, our strategy may not be for everybody. You, some people don't want to be a landlord at all. Yeah. Some people just want to buy the house, sell it and
0: keep it and moving. Keep it
1: moving. Um, we, in, we enjoy being landlords. I mean, we,
0: and like, let's be honest, we use property management companies. Correct. I cannot speak, uh, enough about just the headache, of i've never tried to manage a property myself i have to me the lifestyle that we live is not conducive to that if we're overseas i do not want a tenant calling us like off hours trying to ask us to fix something um that hundred dollars they typically charge 10 yeah, percent the best ten you will ever pay look <laughs> at the end of the year, you get your tax roll-up, everything else, you're simply answering an email. Hey, I got a tenant call about XYZ problem. Should I move forward, yes or no? Okay, where do you want me to take the money? From the rent, whatever it is, that 10% is the best 10% I think we spend on any of our properties. It is well worth it. It Absolutely. just, you know, especially if you don't live in the area and you don't have a handyman and all, it's just, you know, and there's people who are out there who manage their companies and their real estate portfolio themselves. For us, I think you know it's
1: it's money well spent.
0: It's money well spent. I would say for sure.
1: So I mean, and that's another thing: finding the right property management company. Yeah, it took us <laughs> it took us a while to find to find the, the property manager that we have now. Um, so all in all, having a team, um, between property managers, contractors, realtors, um, brokers. Having the right uh, lawyers, title companies, um, having the right individuals in place is is pivotal for for your real estate investing success.
0: Yeah, so I think (laughs) yeah. I think with that said, um, this is it for this episode uh, of the Blended Creole Podcast. Um, we enjoyed talking to you guys about real estate investing. Um, and tune in next week when we're going to discuss our new real estate investing strategy. Um, thanks for tuning in.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Blended Creole Podcast. Always remember to stay firmly rooted in faith. And dream as if you will live forever and live as if you will die tomorrow thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe on itunes spotify or anywhere else you enjoy listening to the podcast tune in next week to hear more